You are listening to the Ortho Idea Podcast, where we bring you the newest trends in orthopedic technology. Tune in for engaging interviews with medical device executives, surgeons, and surprise special guests discussing new disruptive technology in the marketplace. Here is your host, Eric Anderson. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to the Ortho Idea Podcast. My name is Eric Anderson. I'll be your host today. And today I'm honored to have Andrew Forderhays, who is the Director of Marketing at Catalyst Orthoscience, and he is going to talk about their new technology in the shoulder space, and it is game-changing in my opinion. So without further ado, Andrew, how are you today? Excellent, excellent. Thanks a lot, Eric, for, for having me on. Pleasure to be here. I'm pleasure to, to talk about this exciting technology and, and the company and the people behind it. So yeah, it's good, good to be here. Well, thanks again. I, I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. And yeah, I, I had the opportunity to actually be in on a surgery with Catalyst Orthoscience just a few weeks ago with a new surgeon using it for the first time. So this is exciting for me to have you come on and talk to our audience about what you're doing at Catalyst and kind of the evolution of Catalyst and how it how it started and how you're here now where you are. If, if you don't mind, if you just kind of go back to the the beginning of Catalyst and bring us up to speed on your technology. Sure. Fantastic. Yeah. Catalyst Orthoscience was, was founded in 2014 by a surgeon, local surgeon here in, in Naples, Florida, Dr. Stephen Goldberg, who is a Columbia fellowship trained surgeon out of New York, you know, specializes in, in, in the shoulder course. And he was, was you know, using, you know, all the latest and greatest, you know, TSAs, for a shoulder, and he's a real methodical guy. He's, he's an excellent surgeon. I've, I've watched him several times. The guy's really good. And he was just not satisfied with the results that he was seeing. He would do everything that the same, you know, he would follow very disciplined everything that he was supposed to do. And then he would look at the x rays afterwards and he would just be like, man, that's just killing me. That's just not, he's not getting the kind of consistent results that, that he wanted. So he thought, you know, there's got to be a better way, right? And so he really went back to the drawing board to really think about what it is that a shoulder replacement should be doing. And one thing that, that's interesting about what he did is he really thought out of the box because I think, you know, a lot of the challenges, a lot of, you know, the big box orthopedic companies, they're kind of really locked into their, to the current paradigms and the current you know, ways of looking at things. And it's hard for them sometimes to, to develop outside of, of those limitations, those kind of borders that they, that they give themselves. And so Dr. Goldberg was able to think of a way to make something that is going to be more reproducible. It's going to be easier in, in the OR. It's something that's more anatomic, more kinematic. And it's a complete, like I said, you know, out of the box, so, you know, kind of thinking solution. So. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. And giving us the origin of where it came from and, and really, I, I've got to watch Catalyst a little bit from afar as the whole stemless revolution began. And obviously, they were doing it in Europe. And the stemless TSA is the choice now. And I know there's been, I think now, six, 7,000 stemless implants over in Europe. But it was very new to the, the U.S., I guess, as of about three years ago. And when the, you know, Tournier came to market with Simplicity... But then as you look at Catalyst, it is a true stemless device. I mean, still with these stemless devices, they have something that enters down into, into the head, but Catalyst does not do that at all. And could you talk a little bit about that? 
Yeah. You know, going back to kind of Dr. Goldberg's way of, of looking at this, he looked beyond the shoulder and, you know, looked at, you know, what are they doing in the knee? What are they doing in the hip? And, and these are areas that have a really, really rich clinical experience, right? And looked at the learning curve that happened in, in, in the knee and how knee total joints have, have been designed. And, and if you look at, at a femoral component on a knee, you don't have a device that has this really long stem, right? You have a replacement that has a multiplanar osteotomy that helps share the load over, over different services and, and, and helps to stabilize it against any kind of ro- rotational forces. And you have something that's sitting on the best bone. And so when you go back and look at the shoulder and everyone has just been lopping off the humeral head and not giving it another thought. And that's just the standard of care. And if you look at the, the anatomy, even in older patients who have had some, some bone loss, that bone loss typically starts in the metaphyseal area. And as you, as you move out to that subchondral bone, more on, more on the surface, it's really solid, strong bone. And so he thought, well, you know, this is a clinically proven concept in, in, in the knee. How would this work in the shoulder? And so, so he came up with a design based on those proven principles in the shoulder that, that allows for a stimulus device that rests on the strongest bone in the shoulder. And he's been able to do that in a way that is also reproducing the anatomy for the patient. And so, you know, when we talk about stimulus devices, you know, like you said, simplicity, I actually have experience with, with stimulus devices in Europe, Australia, and in Latin America a little bit. And these devices, I think, are, are they have their, their, their space and they're really good for, for younger patients. But it's pretty much understood by most surgeons that you can't really use these in older patients, principally because they're, they are all metaphyseal fixating devices. And so in an older patient that doesn't have strong metaphyseal bone and maybe a strong you know, cortical rim, that is, it, they're just going to fail. You're going to get a tilt. They're going to subside. And so the promise of stimulus has really not been delivered yet until I would say with our device. The, the Cali CSR, we we can actually deliver on the promise of what stimulus, you know, proposes to offer the, the patient and, and, and the surgeon. Well, and I can imagine just we spoke a little bit about this before our podcast that the quote unquote stemless devices, you know, what other companies brought to market and at least the thought process was, well, this stemless device, you're not going to have a, a stem going down into the canal Although they do have something, I mean, obviously they make a much larger cut and take more, much more bone than the catalyst yeah. device does. But can you talk about some of the the feedback you've received, not only from surgeons and from patients on just the difference and in, in just what a catalyst provides in reference or, or indifference to other devices? Okay, fantastic. Well, you know, this is, like I said, a really exciting technology. And from a product marketer standpoint, it's just a, a play field because we've got so many things that we can talk about that, that, that this system does. The thing is, it's so hard for a lot of product marketers today in, in this space to really differentiate themselves from the competitions because they're really focusing on these minute minutiae that, that, that at the end of the day, they really don't offer that much, that much benefit. And it's kind of you know, amplified nonsense. But you know, we really have a solution here that truly differentiates itself in, in many different respects. So as far as surgeons go, the surgeons who are using the system absolutely love the system. And depending on their philosophy, they have different reasons for, for, for liking it. You know, one is, of course, everything is always moving to minimally invasive, to being bone sparing and, and, and tissue sparing. 
And so that's something that, that our device delivers on. And, you know, kind of in, in a nutshell, if I had to, to describe what our, what our device is, is it, is it basically it's a bone sparing and soft tissue sparing third generation stimulus to shoulder system. And it has ellipsoid hemal geometry and a facilitated oblique glenoid approach. And this design is uniquely engineered to restore the natural kinematics of the shoulder and also to help patients of varying ages and of varying bone quality as well. And so surgeons see that, that they finally have an option for their older patients, that stimulus is not necessarily relegated to that you know, 60-year-old patient or that 55-year-old patient weightlifter who has really been the, kind of the, the target. And for those patients, yeah, a stimulus device really gets them back. But stimulus has really not been available to the whole swath of, of, of the patient population for, or who, who need a total shoulder replacement, I would say, until, until catalyst. And so a lot of the surgeons, they enjoy that. Some of them just really enjoy the simplicity of the instrumentation. We have a system that has one tray. And some of our competition has you know, three, four, five, six trays and more. And it's just it's really a hassle to deal with, to keep clean, to keep track of especially in systems where you have you know, the scrub techs who, who are rotating and they don't always have the same people. It's hard for them to, to get up to speed. And so a lot of them just really love that simplicity. Others are really big on the, the tissue sparing, requires less forceful retraction to approach the glenoid in this, this instrumentation that allows you to get an oblique approach. Some, some surgeons just totally gravitate to that. And as far as patients are concerned, it, you know, I think it's very intuitive if a patient sees a shoulder that has a you know a big chunk of metal you know put down the diaphysis as opposed to one that is just replacing the bad bone on top and sitting on on the strongest bone is pretty intuitive and also the less forceful retraction of soft tissue can mean for some patients less releases less soft tissue disruption and all that of course you know leads to to less pain easier recovery and that's kind of been the feedback that we've been getting from the patients that 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 we've been talking to and to the physical therapist that have been tending to those patients as well. Well, and also one of the things that I, I noticed about it, and I know obviously the humeral head design is far different than anything we've ever seen in, in a in a total shoulder, but your glenoid as well as being an online onlay glenoid and, and some of the different features of the glenoid. Can you talk a little bit about the glenoid? Because I think that's a, a pretty important as we talk about glenoid loosening and things of that nature that seems to be a concern for most surgeons. Can you talk a little bit about your glenoid? Yeah, great. The thing is that I think that the the humoral component kind of steals the glory because it's just this, this nice shiny piece and it gets a lot of the attention. But this glenoid is really a special glenoid replacement. It's really nice. However, just let me take back a step. And when you, you talk about, you know, failures of glenoids, a lot of the, the, the failures of the glenoids is, is loosening. And it's known from, from studies that if you don't recreate the geometry, the head height, and the kinematics on the humeral side, that is going to impact the forces and the loads that are felt on the glenoid side, right? So we have a system that uh, before we even talk about the glenoid, we're already starting with a better situation because we are restoring the natural center rotation and the, and the geometry of the humerus. And so that's going to lead to better kinematics and to more normal forces against the glenoid. So the glenoid is not going to be suffering these, these excessive and non-physiological forces. And so, so from the get-go, we have that. Another thing that, that's great about it, of course, it's designed for this oblique approach so that you don't have to have this forceful 
retraction of the humeral head and, and, and all, all these soft tissues. And the pegs are designed in a special way that they are divergent a little bit from the trajectory of the tunnels that are drilled for them. So what that gives you is an immediate compression effect. It's almost like, like it's like a compression staple, like a three-pronged compression staple. And so when this glenoid is placed in the bone from time zero right away, it is solid. And the surgeons who are used to placing other systems, you know, you know they don't get that kind of solid feel right away. And this compression that you're getting between those three pegs is really impressive. And it's nice to have that nice, rigid, immediate interference fixation from the beginning. Another nice feature of this device is that it's got tapered bearing rim walls. So the, the wall along the, the periphery of the implant is, is angled. And basically that is a mechanical advantage. So even if this were to feel some abnormal forces coming from the humerus, the humerus just can't get the leverage to create a sort of rocking horse phenomena. And our, our testing data kind of plays this out as well. Testing data, data was very strong. And so this is a device that surgeons can be confident that, that it, it's going to, to fixate from the beginning and has many mechanical advantages over the current offering in, in the market. Another nice thing about it is that the angle of, of the pegs, they are angled posteriorly, okay? And of course, we do have an augmented glenoid, which I'll talk about in a moment. But the nice thing about this is that even if you don't use an augmented design and you and, and say you have like a retroverted glenoid, you're not going to be faced with one of these situations where you're placing a glenoid with a straight peg that can breach anteriorly the scapula especially if you, in the situation of a, of a retroverted glenoid, that can happen. But by virtue of the fact that our pegs are oriented posteriorly, aiming posteriorly, they just hug that anterior geometry of the, of the glenoid. And so you're never going to be in a situation where the pegs are breaching anteriorly. So that, that's really nice. And, and lastly, I would just like to say that, you know, everyone's always worried about, about revisions down the line and about, you know, what's going to happen there. And the great thing about this is that it preserves that center vault of, of bone in the middle where you would typically put a screw for reverse and so if and for a reverse base plate. So if you ever needed to convert this, this patient down the line, you know, 10 years down the line, 15 down the line when they have no more rotator cuff and they need to reverse, you're going to have good bone stock to work with. And so that, that's, that's another great, great feature about this as well. So yeah, there, there's a lot to get excited about in this glenoid, even though the humor is kind of, you know, takes a lot of the glory. Well, yeah, you hit on a lot of points that I, when I spoke to the surgeon after, after the surgery, he, he made comment about his, the glenoid in the respect that he had used another system that had an inlay glenoid and he was removing quite a bit of bone in order to place that glenoid. And, you know, he was like, I'm obviously an advocate of bone sparing devices and, and this glenoid does exactly what I what it says it does as far as being bone sparing. So he was really excited about that. I wanted to know you, you obviously this is a game changer. This design is is different than anything we've we've ever seen before in the total shoulder space. What things do you see for the future for Catalyst? What are some of the things that I know you probably can't go into a lot of things that you're working on, but some of the things that you, you can talk about? Yeah. Well we are working on some on some subsequent devices and they work on the same principle. They're very intuitive, very simplified, streamlined instrumentation. And I think that surgeons are, are really going to gravitate to this. It's going to be something that's going to be much more, more reproducible. You know, 
The thing about the CSR, and this will be true for our future products as well, is it really can kind of turn your normal community doc into a real shoulder hero because it's something that that can be much more reproducible. Patients love it. And you don't have to be a, a guy who's doing, you know, 300 shoulders a year, you know, 400 shoulders a year to really get reproducible results. And so at the end of the day, I, I think that that's really attractive to make a system that you can get the same reproducible results, even though you might not be, you know, like one of the the top, you know, shoulder specialists. And, you know, I think that's where, where technology in general is going so that, you can get great results in anyone's hands. And so so we do have some things. I don't, like I said, like you mentioned, don't want to mention too much about it, but but we're really excited about the future. We do have a pipeline of products coming and it's going to be a lot of fun. Disruptive technology for sure. And, you know, we also see a lot of things moving to the ASC area and reimbursement more and more is falling in line for that. And surgeons and administrators are getting savvy at how to schedule total shoulder replacements and other joint replacements in their ASCs. And our system really lends itself to that perfectly due to its, its, its design and its, and its tray. And, you know, we don't have ex- extensive inventories as well. And so that's kind of the way that, that we see things going. And eventually, who knows? I mean, our system is unique enough in the, in the way that it's designed that even in the future, looking towards AI and looking towards, towards robotics, I think our system is one that lends itself to be adapted very well to robotics. And that's not something that, that we necessarily have in the pipeline right now, but it's something that, you know, down the line, I think is going to be going to be interesting to see how, how this develops, maybe, you know, you know, five, 10 years from now. Well, that's exciting. And I do want to reiterate your point about the ASC. It's very much, you, you can just see the percentage of, of just total joints in general happening in ASCs. And Catalyst, with its one-tray capabilities and streamlined inventory, it's absolutely an, an option for an ASC for the surgeons out there. Well, again, we had talked a little bit about, before get jumping on the podcast, just some of the results you're getting and some of the patient feedback. And I know you had talked to some patients recently. Can you share some of their stories? Yeah, sure. I, I, can, I can summarize a little bit. I, I've been interviewing or kind of screening some, some, some patients to kind of get their, their testimonies and and some physical therapists, and it has been so encouraging to hear their testimonies. It really is something that's worth getting excited about. There's multiple patients I've spoken to that had a standard stem device placed on one shoulder and a catalyst CSR on their other shoulder, and the patients are just over the moon happy with the performance that they're getting with their, their catalyst shoulder. They all had really seamless recoveries, very little narcotic use at all. But the one nice thing that they all say is that, you know, my catalyst shoulder, it just feels normal. It just feels normal. And they say, my other shoulder, it doesn't feel normal. It doesn't, it doesn't operate normal. It just, it's just not, there's just something not right about it. <laughs> and so I think that's really the best compliment that, that you can say. If, if you want to, to restore a shoulder, you want to restore it so that it feels normal. And it would appear that that's what we're accomplishing with the Catalyst CSR. It's interesting also to hear, I spoke with it with a patient recently, a guy who was older, who was in his 80s, a guy who would typically not be a candidate for a stimulus device because of his age. But again, Catalyst, by virtue of the fact that it's resting on that strong peripheral bone, which even in older patients is, is kind of like the last bone to go, you know, it's really suitable for, for them. So 
this patient was, he said that, that, you know, he plays tennis every week and then his tennis serve is better than it's been in 10 years. And he, he said, yeah, I was playing a game of doubles the other day and I aced a guy half my age, three times in one game with his catalyst shoulder. <laughs> that's, that's pretty impressive. And patients, some patients are reporting, you know, you know, like, you know, phenomenal full range of motion at six weeks. You know, a lot of that is also subscap dependent as well, because that, that can be the, the limiting factor in this. And, and of course, our device lends itself to to any type of subscap repair that the, that the surgeon might might be wanting to do. So that's really, really not an issue. But yeah, so so it's really been fantastic. And, and talking to some of the physical therapists, I mean, they're, they're blown away. One guy in particular, he, he came to to the surgeon and he said, hey, hey, what, what are you doing different with your patients now? Because I'm really, I'm noticing a big difference. They're recovering a lot better than the other TSA patients that, that, that we have. And so it, now it's, it's coming from a physical therapist. They're seeing it. And in fact, I was just watching a surgery the other day, a physical therapist who had a, a CSR placed in one shoulder and was so happy with the results that as soon as they started having problems with the other shoulder, they said, yeah, I want the CSR for my other shoulder as well. So, you know, bilateral CSRs in, in, in his patient. And, and this is a physical therapist, one who has seen this with patients in the real world and believes in it. So I think that really speaks strongly to Catalyst and his performance. And, you know, there's just so many little factors that, that, that go into it. One of the ones that I think is, is really interesting, and I didn't talk about this earlier, but I think it's, it's worth mentioning, is that, you know, a lot of manufacturers, when they're talking about you know, their components and, you know, they want to make the stronger, the strongest components and the ones that have the strongest fixation. But if you look at why TSAs fail, it's not always just component failure. A lot of times it's rotator cuff failure. It's a really poor healing environment. I'm a guy who's been 20 years in the soft tissue space where, you know, working with surgeons, repairing shoulders. I've accompanied this and, and, you know, it's really hard for rotator cuffs to heal back once they're injured. They really don't heal back. They're not going to heal back spontaneously. There's no real fluid in that, in that environment. Once it just eats away at that exposed bone, once these tears start and they propagate, right? If you look at all of the other shoulder solutions in, in, in this space, they all make cuts that create a sort of iatrogenic, like, you know, meaning an injury in surgery. They all kind of cut away just a little bit right below the supraspinatus and infraspinatus on, on, on the rotator cuff into some of that capsular tissue. In effect, they're creating what would be the, almost equivalent to what's known as a pasta lesion, okay? A pasta lesion, a pasta tear in the area of the rotator cuff, these are tears that if a competent arthroscopist were to find this tear arthroscopically, he would put anchors in and, and repair it because he knows that that's going to propagate and that patient's not going to fare well over time. So the, all of these other systems, they're basically creating a tear in the rotator cuff. And so if you want to set the patient up for the best results, it just stands to reason that you need a system that helps spare and protect the supraspinatus and infraspinatus from any kind of, of tear. And that's one thing that our system does, that those planar cuts stay at least three to five millimeters away from the medial as the most medial aspect of the rotator cuff and superior capsule insertion. And so that that's a feature that might not be in a lot of guys' radars, but at the end of the day, that might be one of the key factors that is helping these patients over the long term because the health of the rotator cuff is key for the long-term success of, of any shoulder replacement. 
And that's kind of a long answer. So <laughs> sorry about that. No, not at all. No, it's very exciting. And, and again, another feature of, of Catalyst that is something that's just another ad, added feature or benefit. And I have to tell you, every time I've spoken to a lot of people within Catalyst on your leadership team and senior leadership team, and every one of you is a very excited whenever I talk to them about, about Catalyst. And that that's refresh, refreshing to see. I think you guys, it's fun to talk to somebody who's so passionate about what they're doing. So I... I appreciate it. And obviously, you know, this is technology that I think is going to really change the way that surgeons look at at TSA. Stemless did that. And then this is the next generation for sure. Well, again, Andrew, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate you coming on the podcast. If patients or surgeons or anybody else wants to find out more information, you can go to catalystorthoscience.com. And we'll also put up a link on our ortho idea page so you can take a look at that as well. And if anybody needs to, it wants to contact uh, Catalyst, any other way to do that? Yeah, I mean, I think the best way is to go to to our, our website, which would actually be catalystortho.com, not orthoscience, just a little bit shorter. So catalystortho.com. Great. Thank you. Yeah. And I I appreciate you correcting me on that. I wanted to make sure that I had the correct website out there for you. Well, again, thank you very much for your time. I I appreciate it. Very exciting technology. And anybody who does come on the Ortho Idea podcast, I don't prompt them, but I ask them at the end, if you weren't working for Catalyst and you weren't a director of marketing at Catalyst, what would you be doing with your life? That's hard. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of th- things you could do. Of, of course, I'm a guy who who I've I've lived around the world and I've you know I've you know traveled a lot and and you know you know I enjoy languages. You know I, I speak fluent Spanish and Portuguese, and you know probably working in, in in some space where I could kind of you know help help these cultures you know learn about each other. I think that that would be a lot of fun. You know maybe in in a, in a teaching capacity. You know, but yeah, but this is a really exciting place to be. We've got a fantastic stellar team, great guys to work with, very serious, dedicated. And again, the technology itself just lends itself to get excited. And then again, when you hear the patient's testimonies and the physical therapist testimonies, it really kind of hits at home. You know, this is something that is really changing history for total shoulder replacements and, and, and for medicine. So it's a really exciting place to be. So, but, but, but once again, thanks for having me. It's been a real pleasure. It's been a lot of fun. And yeah, so. Well, thanks, Andrew. Yeah, I appreciate your time. And and again, if you if you do want to learn more about Catalyst, please go to catalystortho.com. And Andrew, thank you very much. All right. Take care now. You too. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Ortho Idea Podcast. If you would like to learn more about the technologies discussed, please visit www.orthoidea.com.